What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Soppy. He can be found on Twitter at Kyle Soppy PFN. Kyle, how are you today, my friend? We're doing good. We get to do a super flex mock, which is one of my favorite growing strategies. I know a lot of people love the auction drafts as opposed to Snake, and that part's growing. But this two quarterback or super flex, however you want to kind of split hairs there. I love it. Like it increases strategy, increases the importance on tiering. I just, I really am a big fan of this. So thank you for setting it up. I appreciate it. Of course, my absolute pleasure. Let's get into the Superflex mock draft here. Let's waste no time getting into it because we got a lot to get through here. So as far as the league setup and settings, we've got one quarterback, two running back, three wide receivers, one tight end, one normal flex spot. Then we've got that super flex spot, which if you are unfamiliar what we're even talking about, that means that you can start another quarterback in that flex spot. Then we've got five bench spots to round it out here. No defense, no kicker for this mock draft. Uh, Kyle, I wanted to just talk about sort of super flex strategy, though, before we get into this mock. How does this differ? How does super flex in particular differ from one QB leagues for people that maybe have never played it before or are considering implementing it for their leagues this year? Yeah, if you've never played it, I caution against looking at ADPs on standard sites, the big sites, the ESPN, the Yahoo's, and things that aren't catered to specific formats because it's wonky, man. This is going to be all over the place. You're going to see quarterbacks. You might see seven, eight in the first round. So be cautious of that. And that's because the quarterback position, we all know it's the highest scoring in fantasy. And now it's more valuable because you're starting twice as many of them. In no world am I looking to leave a draft with my super flex spot filled with anything but a quarterback. So you're talking twice as many of them in a 10-team league. So now we're talking, you know, it's a big percentage of your points. You, you just need to be cognizant of that and draft accordingly. But don't don't overdo it. Like, it, it's a fine line. I would. This is the type of thing where if your league's transitioning, and I fully encourage you to do so, make sure you mock and mock often so that you kind of have a temperature of the room as to where we're going with these quarterbacks. You don't want to draft Derek Carr three rounds too early but at the same time you don't want to be left holding the bag and right you know you're left with Gardner Minshew as your quarterback <laughs> too so it's it's a fine line in practice doesn't make perfect but it does make you better we'll walk through that strategy here we'll be talking through it as we go throughout this draft here this is a 10 team league you are picking at the three spot I am picking from the seven spot let's go ahead and get this draft started here my friend all right at the 101, we got Patrick Mahomes going off the board. Then Josh Allen at the 1-2. You are now on the clock at the 1-3. If you play in a league where you get to pick your draft spot, three is the spot to do it in a two-quarterback or super flex format this year. That top-tier quarterbacks, Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, 1-2-3, 3-2-1, 2-3-1, however you want to shuffle them up and deal. Perfectly fine by me. You know, I'm in the business of not having to make hard decisions. I don't know about you, but just in life, I don't like making hard decisions. So by drafting third, it's taken out of my hands. The top two go Mahomes and Allen. I'll happily take Hurts. I would have happily taken either, any of them. So I'm good with starting my team with an elite quarterback. Yeah, it's that quarterback tier strategy that we've talked about already this offseason of just being able to group these players within tiers, understanding that their projections are very, very similar within that tier. Right. You're able to understand the value and the sort of the game that you can play within that where any order of Mahomes, Allen Hurts, you laid that out, any order of those is perfectly fine. So that three spot 
you're able to take advantage of that tier and then you're picking before obviously back around that turn before the two and the one all right then we got joe burrow going off the board christian mccaffrey at the one five justin jefferson at the one six i am now on the clock here at the 1-7, I picked the 1-7 spot intentionally because I knew that my quarterback was going to be available. Unless someone went completely against the grain, I knew that Justin Fields was going to be available here for me at the 1-7. So I'm going to make that selection here. I am a big believer in Fields this year, taking that step that Josh Allen has in years past with adding Stephon Diggs that Jalen Hurts did last year, adding A.J. Brown to the offense. And we know the rushing production is there. 1,100 plus yards on the ground last year. Eight plus rushing touchdowns. We have that floor already available to us. And now if we can take the steps forward with a much, much improved offensive situation than what he had last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could only go up uh, that Justin Fields with adding DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney back in healthy, Chase Claypool being there as the wide receiver three. Then you have Cole Komet. You have the improvements on the offensive line. Justin Fields in line for a big year this year. I will gladly lock him up as my QB one here. Then we got Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert going off the board. The two picks after Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey around the turn, Trevor Lawrence, Austin Eckler at the two, three. I'm back on the clock here at the 2-4. My guide, not a hard and fast rule, but my guide for Superflex Leagues is to draft two quarterbacks within the first four rounds. This allows me to just kind of have it sort of in mind of how to properly value that quarterback position here. But obviously, the way that your league values the position, the way that they draft can obviously change who uh, and how I play that out, right? If quarterbacks are not going off the board as quickly as I anticipated, then I will I will wait it out. If they're flying off the board, then I'm going to want to make sure that I lock up that second quarterback here because, again, that position is so crucial in a super flex league. As I look at the board, though, Deshaun Watson is the top player available to me at the quarterback position. It's Dak Prescott to a tongue of Iloa. There's a tear gap. If Trevor Lawrence were still here for me, I would be selecting him. However, he went off the board at the 2-2. Two, two. I'm going to take a look at the wide receiver position. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill here at the 2-4. The upside that Tyreek Hill presents this year uh, in Miami to be that wide receiver one for my roster. I mean, it's he's a locked and loaded top-tier wide receiver that I feel comfortable with going into this year. Uh, I don't think that you can go wrong with any of the other options there, like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, but Hill just presents a little bit more upside uh, than the rest of those guys. And Cooper Cup, dealing with his injury, didn't necessarily want to go down that road, especially here for that wide receiver one, that second round, early second round selection. All right, then we got Saquon Barkley, Cooper Cup going off the board at the 2-6, Stephon Diggs at the 2-7. You're now on the clock at the 2-8. Yeah, I, I like where you're headed here. Your two quarterbacks in the first four rounds, a pretty good strategy. Again, it all depends on how the board falls, but I'm not leaving the first two rounds with at least one quarterback. Like, I... The quarterback two can be a moving target. It's kind of like the quarterback one in a normal league. If you want to wait and play that game and think that you can get two guys for one spot, like I, I get where you're going with that. Uh, nobody has two quarterbacks yet. Or we've got one, one through five, six, seven picks. Like that, that's kind of surprising to me. And the ones I've done in the past, you see more teams doubling down on the quarterback position, but. I'm still not going there. We, we're devaluing the running back position and this being a three-receiver, pseudo-two quarterback setup. So I'm going receiver. I'm getting my stack out of the way right away. He's one of the best on the board. Yep. Best on my board. A.J. Brown to pair with Jalen Hurts, and we're off and rolling with Team Sapi in a super flex situation. Yeah, Bijan Robinson off the board at the 2-9. Devontae Adams, C.D. Lamb, Deshaun Watson. You're back on the clock here at the 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, we're going to double down on receivers. Like, I'm disenchanted with the quarterback position at this point Deshaun Watson was kind of the end of a tier I considered him I can do better later I, I'm not worried about there so he goes to pick before me I'm doubling down with the receiver the question is Garrett Wilson Amon Ra 
Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave are the top four on the board right now. I've gone back and forth. I've got stability. I've got some upside in AJ Brown. I've got some upside in Jalen Hurts. I like what Waddle offers. I like what Garrett Wilson offers. But I like the stability of Amon Ross St. Brown in this half PPR setting the best. He's going to provide me. He's. I don't want to say a lock for 100 catches, but he's got to be pretty close to it. Yep. And I think he scores a little bit more this year. He's tackled inside the five a bunch last year. If regression sets in just a little bit and he six to eight touchdowns, like sign me up for that. I'll pencil in the stability. Hurts, Brown, St. Brown through three rounds for me. All right. Then we got Nick Chubb going off the board at the 3-4. Garrett Wilson at the 3-5. Derrick Henry at the 3-6. Back on the clock here at the 3-7. Looking at guys like Dak Prescott, Tua Tagovailoa, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones at the top of the quarterback queue. Not really in love with any of those options here. Not at this point. Maybe if they're still there at the 4-4 for me. Looking at the running back board, it's Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Brees Hall. Wide receiver, it's Jalen Waddle. I won't go Jalen Waddle because I drafted Tyreek Hill. Chris Olave, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith. I'm going to go with Chris Olave here. I think that we are in line for a big season from him heading into year two. We saw some really, really good things out of him in year one with Andy Dalton. Uh, and now we get the quarterback upgrade with Derek Carr. Yes, that is an upgrade. We get the quarterback upgrade there with Derek Carr and being able to send it all over the field. I think Olave is in line for a big breakout campaign here. Adam as my wide receiver too. I feel very, very comfortable with that. We got some players going off the board around the turn. I am not going to be able to keep up with laying out every pick. So if you want to follow along with the draft board, make sure to go over and watch this at youtube.com slash at PFN fantasy. You can see the draft board as we move throughout it back on the clock here at the four, four looking at the quarterback board. It's Kirk cousins, Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers. We only had Dak Prescott and Tua Tungabailoa go off the board around that turn before my next pick. I could go with someone like Anthony Richardson here and just completely swing for the fences now that we know that he's going to be the week one starter. Might not be pretty from an NFL standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint, man, it's going to present a very, very high floor right away. However, I'm going to go here with Kirk Cousins. I do think that Cousins is very underrated from a fantasy standpoint. He's a top 10 quarterback in the rankings for me. So to have him still here and he's above Dak and Tua Tagovailoa in my rankings who went off the board previously, I think there's a value here with Cousins. We know this offense is going to throw the ball a ton here in 2023. You've got Justin Jefferson. If Jordan Addison can make an impact right away, TJ Hawkinson. I think this offense is going to be on the field a lot this year and Cousins is going to be throwing the ball all over the field. I will lock him up here as my QB2. We got TJ Hawkinson, Devontae Smith, Ramondre Stevenson. You're on the clock at the 4-8. I'm just waiting for the later round. See if you can go three for three with NFC North quarterbacks here to uh, <laughs> fill out your roster. I said earlier I'm punting on the running back position because of the makeup of this league. And this is part of the importance of mocking. That was my plan. And that is still currently my plan. But when somebody falls to you that you have value on, you have to pounce. And you have to be ready to do so and adjust on the fly here. And that's what I'm going to do with Tony Pollard. I have him ranked a tier, tier and a half ahead of anybody left on the board. And so now this really does lock in one running back and allows me to really wait if I want to, if the board presents itself, on getting that second running back. You're only required to start two in this format. We have three receivers, two running backs. But I think Tony Pollard has legit top five potential at the position. Happy to lock that in in round four. Yeah, he's definitely that tier above as you look at some of the other guys of Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, like Najee Harris, like these other guys that are available at the top of the board. Tony Pollard was that last guy in that top tier or mm -hmm. second tier, excuse me, outside of, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, uh, that you absolutely needed to secure him there and, and bring him onto the roster there. Then Brees Hall, DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen off the board. You're back on the clock at the 5-3. 
I've already got a pair of receivers and offenses I trust. I'm going to make it three for three here. Kelvin Ridley, you may have heard I'm on the Jaguars this year. Not sure if I've made that clear I, or not. I but have I, heard that. Yep. <laughs> have you? So Trevor Lawrence and the boys is going to be a top 10 offense, I think, this year. And I think it's going to come primarily through the air on Sunshine's right arm. And I think Kelvin Ridley, like, listen, we see touchdown passes in training camp, all that stuff. You can get excited about the hype videos. That's not it for me. I like what I saw from Lawrence last season. What we saw from Ridley two, three years ago, he was earning targets next to peak Julio Jones. The man's going to vacuum in targets and high volume, high value targets from my guy, Trevor Lawrence. I wasn't fortunate enough to get Lawrence here. I'll gladly take his number one is my number three, Calvin Ridley off the board in round five. All right, then we got a couple quarterbacks going off the board, Anthony Richardson, Daniel Jones, and then another Jaguar, Travis Etienne at the 5-6. I'm on the clock here at the 5-7. I'm going to go with the guaranteed volume of Joe Mixon here. He is a top 10 running back for me in 2023, playing in a top five scoring offense, assuming that Joe Burrow is back out there in healthy week one, which all signs are currently pointing to that happening. And we know the volume. And the receiving work was there last year. And Samaj P. Ryan, who commanded, I think, 51 targets off the top of my head, now gone to Denver. Who else is going to be getting work here in this Cincinnati Bengals backfield? I think they are going to absolutely run Joe Mixon into the ground this year. The scoring opportunities are there. I don't understand how he is still available here in the latter half of the fifth round. Uh, I will, And I had to reach for him. I passed over several other running backs to get him onto the roster, but that is how my rankings play out want to stick true to the rankings there Mixon to be my rb1 on the roster back on the clock here at the six forward let's take a look at the quarterback board we got guys like geno smith jared goff russell wilson Derek carr uh still available here do i want to add that qb3 to my roster as and play a little bit of strategy here a little bit of defense as the next team available Team six uh, does not have a quarterback currently. They have gone Justin Jefferson, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, TJ Hawkins, and Travis Etienne. Quarterbacks are currency in Superflex leagues. So if I do add another quarterback here and steal one away from them, could be a situation where we get into week two, they realize how critical it is that they have quarterbacks in a Superflex league. They come knocking on my door trying to trade for a quarterback here for that QB3. I'm going to deploy that strategy here. I'm going to go with Jared Goff as my QB3. NFC North quarterbacks, baby. I made it three yeah, for man. three. Let's see if we can get Jordan Love here in a couple rounds. Uh, no, I think Jared Goff here was fantastic last year. For fantasy purposes, he had been a guy that we really had not considered or viewed as a reliable, really, like, or possessed much upside. But last year in this offense with Ben Johnson, we saw the upside. And that continuity remained here. Now, you do have some concerns about just the depth at the wide receiver core with Jamison Williams, not only suspended for the first six weeks of the season, but then also now dealing with a hamstring injury and will not play for the rest of the preseason. You do have some concerns about the depth here at the wide receiver position in Detroit. Uh, you need some rookies to step up when Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs, but I think that they can do it here. Jared Goff to be my QB3. I will gladly add him to the roster here. As I've also balanced out my roster a little bit. Two wide receivers, one running back. I can afford to go with the quarterback there. Uh, then Geno Smith was the next selection there. DeAndre Hopkins, Drake London off the board. You're back on the clock at the 6-8. You nailed that Samaj P. Ryan target share number off the top of your head. Some hey. things just stick out in our minds, and it's just it's funny to me which ones those are. I can't I, remember what my up. wife asked me to do, but I can remember Samaj P. Ryan's target totals from last year. <laughs> 2022 targets. Yeah, no, it's, I'm the same way. And some numbers just stick, even if they're useless. I think that was a good, a good pull by you. And I like the Jared Goff pick there. I was looking... That direction, and here I am, we're 15 minutes into this. 
I say I'm going to pass on running backs and wait and wait and wait, and they keep falling into my laps, and I'm not going to pass them up. I'm not going to be beholden to my strategy pre-draft when the draft board dictates doing something else. So I'm going Aaron Jones. He's the end of a tier for me. I get Aaron Jones to pair with Pollard in my backfield. Now I've got two running backs, three receivers, and I'm waiting on the second quarterback. So I've played the long game a little bit. Kyle's got three before I have two. (laughs) So we're going to see how that works. I get a feeling it might change here. Yeah, I, no quarterbacks go off the board around that turn there. You saw Amari Cooper, J.K. Dobbins, Darren Waller, Terry McLaurin. So your gamble on waiting for that QB2 certainly paid off, and uh, you're back on the clock here at the 7-3. It did. Derek Carr and Russell Wilson are the end of a tier for me here at the quarterback position. I know some of you guys like Denver and think they're going to be a freaking juggernaut. I'm going to go Derek Carr. That's a team that yep. I just am finding myself getting lots of shares of this year. There's a few teams like that that I get – rack up shares of them the jags the steelers are teams i find myself getting a lot of and then there's teams i just don't get any of but the saints are a team that i think can really surprise here they've got the two deep threats in alave and shaheed michael thomas is playing like how long that lasts who knows but Jawan johnson alvin kamar is going to be back eventually the running back position as a whole is valuable i think this team's going to score more points than most give them credit for Derek carr going to be right in the middle of that more than happy with him as my quarterback two in a super flex setting in round seven yeah that's incredible value for Derek Carr right now I think that he is flying under the radar and we saw even in week one of the preseason like this is a pretty good scheme fit for him and being able to distribute the ball I think that that's going to lead to some solid and reliable production there and you've already got the upside with Jalen Hurts so Derek Carr is your QB two I like the way that you have played the draft board there my friend Jerry Judy Kyle Pitts Damian Pierce off the board I'm back on the clock here at the seven seven Looking at guys like DJ Moore, Christian Watson, Chris Godwin, Michael Pittman Jr., Brandon Ayuk at the wide receiver position. At running back, it's Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Alexander Madison. I like these wide receivers. I'm a little bit lower on Christian Watson, but I like those wide receivers. However, there are a few players that I feel like I can get at the 8-4. So let's look at the running back position here. I'm going to go with Alexander Madison. My strategy at the running back position is just volume. Like, just get some volume here. And Madison in Minnesota... I think is in line for a significant, significant workload here this season. And I talked about that with Kirk Cousins. I think this offense is going to be on the field a ton this year. And uh, yeah, I'm just drawn like a moth to a flame to the NFC North, apparently. This NFC <laughs> North, my goodness. I was hoping Christian Watson would make it back to you. Uh, I would not be drafting Christian Watson at this spot. Uh, back on the clock at the 8-4. Go to the wide receiver position. I... am very, very high on Mike Williams this year uh, yeah. in Los Angeles. We've with Kellen Moore coming over, it is a dramatic difference from Joe Lombardi in previous years in Los Angeles with just peppering the short passing game and the short and then taking the occasional three, four deep shots a game downfield to Mike Williams. Kellen Moore is going to be looking to send the ball all over the field here this year. And we know that Mike Williams is arguably the best contested catch, best deep downfield receiver in the entire league. And when he there's durability concerns. Yes, there are some issues where him staying on the field and being available, but he's my wide receiver three on my roster. I've got him at wide receiver 21 in my rankings this year. So this is someone that the value I got at the eight, four to be my wide receiver three. I'm absolutely in love with adding Mike Williams here at this spot at the eight, eight, you're back on the clock. Yeah. We saw Keenan Allen mentioned that he's going to be playing on the perimeter a little bit more. And that moves Williams to more inside targets, which I think is valuable to add that stability to what we know is already a very high ceiling. Love that pick from you, venturing out of the NFC North, really just playing <laughs> off of the brand here that you've uh, 
that you've built up here. I've got a few options. This is a 10-team league, and I don't think anybody's drafting two tight ends, or at least I wouldn't, and I have 10 viable tight ends. So to me, that just means I can be the last one to address the position and feel fine about it. So that's where I'm going to go in that respect. I've got a bunch of receivers here that I think are viable, but all come with question marks. Michael Pittman, we don't know what Anthony Richardson is going to be like under center. You've got both, or you've got Mike Evans. For the Bucks. what Baker's going to do, I think he can be valuable, but it's not going to be Mike Evans of old, and even Mike Evans last year was kind of a pain to, to roster. I'm going to yeah. go a little further down the draft board here. I want my volume. I've got plenty of upside on this roster. Deontay Johnson, who he told me he's going to score a touchdown this year. I'm banking on more <laughs> like six touchdowns, so hopefully that's a change of pace. But again, the Steelers are one of those teams I find myself investing early and often in. I think he could push 100 catches, and with that, he falls into touchdowns. Kenny Pickett going to take a nice step in year two in on Deontay Johnson and George Pickens for that matter. The value in 10-team leagues, I love drafting in 10-team leagues because you have know, Deontay Johnson as your wide receiver four, and that just feels very unfair here going into 2023. You are back on the clock at the 9-3. Yeah, I mentioned the Saints being an offense I wanted to target, and I think that they're going to be good. Like, they're going to keep scoring points. I mentioned it earlier when I took Carr. I've got two running backs. I've got four receivers. I have my starting lineup filled. I can take an Elvin Kamara here bank on some of the talent and not sweat the three weeks because I don't need him for those three weeks. I wouldn't be playing him anyway. So I'm going to plug him in. Delvin Cook's there. I don't know how valuable – I don't know how to read that situation. We went over yeah. it in previous podcasts. I think he's more valuable early in the season than he is later. I still think he's the guy to own in that backfield. But if he's going to lose value throughout the season, I think Kamar has a chance to gain value, and that's when I want to be peaking come the winter time. So I'll put Kamara here, first guy on my bench – in this super flex setting round nine all right uh back in the clock at the nine seven i had two names circled uh dave montgomery and javante williams at the running Ooh. back position and both of them went off the board immediately after your selection there marquise brown at the nine six i'm not going anywhere near marquise brown this year Me I don't, either I'm not investing in that offense uh here at the nine seven i will go dalvin cook here at this spot you're looking at rashad white isaiah pacheco james cook those are all guys that i have major questions about this year Dalvin Cook, though, could provide some immediate value. And if there is if there is a suspension for Joe Mixon, which we have heard mm -hmm. nothing about, but if there is, yeah. it looks like it's going to be a very minor one. And that would be or the early parts of the season. That's when Dalvin Cook is going to be heavily utilized uh, or heavily leaned on as Brees Hall is recovering from his injury. So I do think there is some upside here for Dalvin Cook. Play that strategy out just a little bit and build in some insurance there. I'll go Dalvin Cook is my RB3 at the 9-7. Back in the clock at the 10-4. Looking at wide receivers, Traylon Burks, obviously going to miss a few weeks here. Uh, as we were recording this yesterday, he got carted off. Looks like an LCL sprain off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. uh, just going to miss a few weeks of action here, but that could uh, leak into the start of the regular season. Then it's Jahan Dotson, Kadarius Toney, Quinton Johnston, Brandon Cooks. I'm going to go a little bit further down the board, though, and I'm going to get Gabe Davis onto this ah. roster, steal him away from you. Uh, Davis, we've talked a lot about him already on this podcast, so I don't need to continue to just beat that drum, but Gabe Davis this year flying absolutely under the radar. I think it, it was not talked enough about that last year he was dealing with an ankle injury, too, throughout the majority mm -hmm. of the season. So he still battled through, he still fought through and, you know, but obviously his play is not going to be up to the same level if you can't cut the same way that you normally do on that ankle. And 
I get a four round discount, five round discount on Gabe Davis this year compared to where he, where he was going last year as a flex option on my roster. Yeah, I will gladly take Gabe Davis here in this to be the wide receiver two uh, in this Buffalo Bills offense. Yeah, sign me up. All right, you're back on the clock at the 10-8. I like that a lot. The pick before you, Isaiah Pacheco, I thought was pretty good value for gaining three rounds on a guy he's going to outscore in Damian Pierce. So I just wanted to point that out, <laughs> that Pacheco is is still there, and we are still fielding bets. Hit us up on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. We are with Derek, too. He's on your side, so we need to figure out a wager for Pierce versus Pacheco. I'm going to keep building out my wide receiver depth here. I had a few options at running back and I, I was considering a quarterback three I think I'm going to wait until round 11 to do so the team right after me here has two the team after him has one so maybe one or two quarterbacks go at most between my pick here and my next one confident that the guy I'm targeting in that regard will still be there I'm going to go Zay Flowers I've got Lamar Jackson as my MVP pick entering the season and I think Zay Flowers has as good a shot as anybody to lead that wide receiver room in targets not I'm not that scared of Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham. Sure, for a month or two at a time, I'm not worried about him over four months. So Zay Flowers, I think strong value, strong upside. Again, I'm not plugging him into my starting yep. lineup in week one. I don't need to. So I'm going that way. And we didn't have we didn't have my quarterback go. So we're going to be looking good for the next round. Yeah, I, I'm I'm moving Zay Flowers up the rankings. I mean, yeah. just the I did that literally earlier this morning. Like the more go. and more that we are hearing about Zay Flowers, just uh, no no DBs can keep up with him. Not only just on the Baltimore Ravens, but then even in joint practices. Like these DBs just don't know how to keep up with his speed and explosiveness. If this offense does become more pass happy in 2023, mm -hmm. Zay Flowers could be an incredible, incredible value. Back on the clock at the 11-3, where are we going? At the very least, I think the Ravens are going to be scoring a bunch. So, I mean, even if it's, even if Lamar's running a bunch, they're still in scoring position. I think that gets overrated a little bit. The pass nature versus the scoring nature. If I can have a receiver or any player on a team that's going to be constantly in the red zone, I really could care less how they get there. And so I think Zay Flowers, good chance to break out in year one. I need my quarterback three because Derek Carr, as much as I love him, there is some, you know, some risk in a two-quarterback league that I could be giving away points at that position. So I, I want to secure it. I don't want to be the last one to take a quarterback three. Kenny Pickett for me. I've already talked about the Steelers plenty. I get to pair him with Deontay Johnson. That year two jump is a real thing. And they just have target winners at every level. You've got Pickens taking the top off of defenses. I think that's a real skill. Deontay in the short game. And then Fryermuth, of course, in the short pass game. So I think Pickett, a good quarterback three in Superflex. All right, I went Khalil Herbert at the 11-7 here. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about Herbert a lot here on this podcast and just the the potential that he takes a massive step forward here this year. I think that we even saw in week one of the preseason that he is going to be the guy in this mm -hmm. offense. And uh, and I don't think it, the, the thing, too, I, I don't think that he's going to play poorly enough in weeks one, two, three, or whatever that they're going to feel like they have to take him off the field for yeah. Roshan Johnson or Deontay Foreman. So I think Herbert is going to be the guy that he gets the role early on, and then he's just going to retain it because he's going to be incredibly efficient, incredibly productive. I, as an RB4 on my roster, happy to add him here. At the 12-4, uh, looking at the wide receiver board, Michael Thomas, Jamison Williams, no thank you, no thank you. I will go Elijah Moore here, though. Uh, another one of my guys going into yep. this season. I am a big believer in Moore bouncing back. Last season, everything that, went, that could have gone wrong went wrong for Elijah Moore in New oh, York. Yeah. The expectations... I had Elijah Moore as a bust candidate last year. Like the expectations for Moore got so out of hand. And now that has led to him dropping dramatically down the draft board 
to the point where he's an incredible value and an incredible steal in drafts. They're utilizing him all over the formation. He's a little bit banged up right now, but it sounds like it's a day-to-day -day thing versus a, you know, he's going to miss time into the regular season. And he's being utilized all over the field, getting the ball into his hands. I'm absolutely excited to add Elijah Moore here at the 12-4. Back on the clock at the 12-8. Moore is a good, cheap way to add exposure to an offense that we expect to take that next step, to be a top 10-ish offense. And that's really all you can ask for at this point in the draft. If I can get pieces of an offense that I believe in, sign me up. And that's what I'm going to do here with A-Chain in Miami. Yep. I don't know what that back... It's a three-headed... We use three-headed monster. I'm really not afraid of any of them. So I think <laughs> monster, probably not the right word. But neither of the running backs ahead of him in Miami are, you know, stalwarts in the health department i don't think they're going to be around for the full season a chain we saw some of his raw talent flash in the first week of the preseason i think we see more of that this week and moving forward again like kamar if he's a long-term play that's fine he can be that on my bench i have no problem with that we're going around the turn it comes back to me and i've turned into the Cortland sutton guy on this podcast which really isn't a position i was prepared to take <laughs> but here we are this offense is going to be better than they were last year. I think we can all agree on that. I'm just not sold on Jerry Judy being locked in, stone-cold, alpha male receiver that he's being kind of drafted. I, I'm trying to look through the draft here and see when he went. But, I mean, you're talking like a 80-90 pick discount uh, to get Sutton. Four. He went off the board at 7-4. Seven seven four. Four. Okay, so, yeah, I'm getting a six-round discount. Like, that, to me, is more than enough to roll the dice on Sutton. I'm not saying he outproduces Judy. I'm just saying we don't know that he doesn't. All right, uh, I will double down. I need some more of more. I'm going to go Sky more here at the 13-7. Uh, we just, I think we, the expectations, another player that the expectations got out of control uh, of, of last year where we expected this guy to come in and immediately contribute going from Western Michigan to the NFL. That obviously didn't happen and fantasy managers got a little bit burned. That leads to a discount in his ADP going into the next season. All signs point to Sky Moore being in contention for the wide receiver one in this offense, you're catching passes from Patrick Mahomes, and I get him at the 13-7. Like, mm -hmm. who else is going to compete with targets? Like, it, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is not a high-volume receiver. Rasheed Rice, no. no, not happening in year one. Then Kadarius Toney, I mean, 20 targets all of last season. He is not a high-volume guy, and he's currently banged up and is perennially banged up. So Sky yeah, Moore, yeah. I think, has every opportunity to just return and smash value this year. Um, at the 14-4, you and I, I think, are the only teams that do not have a tight end here. We're playing tight end chicken. Uh, but this is the final selection, so we need to add a tight end here. So I win. I win chicken. <laughs> you do win. You do win chicken. Uh, <laughs> Sam Laporta, Gerald Everett, Michael Mayer, Irv Smith are the guys at the top of the ADPQ. I think there's a case to be made for Jawan Johnson as an intriguing option if you do yep. like the Saints offense as much as you and I both do. Uh, Hayden Hurst is also an option that I think could gobble up targets here in Carolina from Bryce Young this year. You know what I'm going to do? We are currently at, in Sleeper, you can see 147 overall in ADP. I'm going to scroll all the way down to 222. I'm going to add Hunter Henry from the New England Patriots Ooh. here. I think Henry, uh, in a Bill O'Brien offensive system, which absolutely features the tight end. Uh, and you have a ton of unknowns at the wide receiver position. Who is even their starting wide receivers this year? Like, I have absolutely zero clue. I think no. the tight end position is going to be featured here in this offense. Mike Gesicki currently banged up. Uh, also on a very, very cheap one-year deal. Proves to me that they don't have a ton of confidence in him for this year. They just added him to be that move tight end, that second tight end. that get on the field. Hunter Henry is the lead option in this tight end room. And he is going well below where Mike Kosicki is going off the board. 
Hunter Henry, I think, is in line for six, seven, eight targets per week and has a good chance to be the main target in the red zone when New England does get into that area of the field. So Hunter Henry here, I think is just it's ridiculous how low he is in ADP. It's not a sexy name, but I will gladly add him here. You're on the clock at the 14-8. And that's the value in knowing your site's ADP structure. Like he might be higher in a different site, but having him buried like that allows you to wait to that degree. I I said earlier it's a 10-team league, and I'm comfortable with 10 tight ends. That remains true, but a lot of these crazy people are drafting multiple <laughs> tight ends. So make sure you know your draft room. If you know you're in a home league that goes heavy at a position or heavy on a local team or whatever it is, understand that you're going to have to pay a different price. I underestimated this draft board and didn't think everybody wanted backup tight ends. I guess that's on me. I think these people are crazy. Juwan Johnson, just outside my comfort zone when it comes to tight ends, but he's still viable. I mean, I'm not... I'm not changing my strategy, and at the end of the day, if I'm in a 10-team league, I'm assuming less than 15 tight ends go off the board at any one time, so I, I'm still comfortable in waiting until the very end to address the position. He's a little lower than I wanted to go here because of the way this board went, but I'm fine with it. I mentioned the Saints offense, one that I'm more than happy to invest in. I'm going to do it again with Juwan Johnson as my tight end and my final pick in this super flex setting as soon as it loads. All right, so Juwan Johnson going off the board there for you at the 14-8 to wrap up that draft here. Uh, there it goes. It freaked out. It said Sam Laporta yeah, there for Sam a quick Laporta. second. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Juwan Johnson there off the board to wrap up the draft. All right, Kyle Sapi, that is the draft here for us. Let's run through your roster. Go ahead and list out your roster that you drafted this year. We've got Jalen Hurts as my quarterback with the Superflex option being Derek Carr or Kenny Pickett, depending how I want to split it. It'll be Carr more often than not. Tony Pollard and Aaron Jones giving me strong value at the running back position way later than they should have gone. A.J. Brown stacking with Jalen Hurts. Amon Ross St. Brown, Calvin Ridley making up my three wide receiver nucleus. Juwan Johnson in the last round there satisfying my tight end spot and my current flex is Deontay Johnson, could be Alvin Kamara or Zay Flowers if and when he breaks out. All right, my draft here, Justin Fields at the top, then Tyreek Hill, Chris Olave, Kirk Cousins, Joe Mixon, Jared Goff, love those NFC North quarterbacks this year apparently, <laughs> Alexander Madison, Mike Williams, Dalvin Cook, Gabe Davis, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Moore, Sky Moore, Hunter Henry to wrap up the draft here. Uh, it's it's funny, Elijah Moore, Sky Moore, those are guys on my, and Gabe Davis, those are all guys on my must-have wide receivers article that came over, Check it out, out. over on the website, profootballnetwork.com. And then at the tight end position, I had Hunter Henry there as a must-have tight end this year just because of the value that he presents. Hunter Henry, tight end 14 in my rankings. Uh, tight end 29 in ADP. So a little <laughs> bit going out on a limb there. Uh, but also if I just leave him at like tight end 25 in my rankings, that still means yeah, that no one's going to draft him because he's still so far down ADP. But anyway, Hunter Henry there, I think is in line for a solid season here. All right, that will do it. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you're watching over on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, click the bell to get notified for when our new content drops. And then of course, if you're listening over on the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and review five stars for us. Helps out in a massive, massive way. That'll do it for Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.